now and welcome to episode 26 of the 301 Outlet Podcast. And boy, do we have a good one for you. It is me, your temporary host, Darian, along with the boys, Mark and Evan. What's up? What's up? What's up? Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot is this up, episode's honestly. about to be chaotic. Um, so let's just start it off here. The Eastern Conference Finals, the Conference Finals, I should say, the uh, NBA Conference Finals have commenced. The Los Angeles Clippers play the Phoenix Suns. The Los Angeles Clippers have lost their first two games of the Eastern Conference Finals, as they've done with each and every series in this postseason. So they are down 0-2, going into L.A. tomorrow. Um, that game will be on ESPN. They got a chance. They got a chance. But, I, I like to think that. I like to think that after the dunk, Tyron Lue was over on the Clippers sideline just laughing, like chuckling to himself, thinking, you fools, you just activated my trap card. Wait, how the hell were you talk? Wait, hold on, we had to edit this out. How were you talking and the joint was muted? Okay, I'm sorry, but you see that, right, Evan? Like, Yeah, I, I saw that. Bro. I saw that. <laughs> All right, we can- I saw that. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was trippy, but yeah, bro. But, um... <laughs> But, yeah, so we're not going to get too much into the Clippers series because there's really not much that there is to say about it. It's like CP3, like, with COVID protocol, like, prayers to him. Hopefully he gets yeah, better. Yeah, and it, it just seems like the Suns have not missed a beat. It really Devin doesn't Booker. even look like the Clippers miss, miss Kawhi, for real, for real. Yeah, um, yeah. So it seems like both teams are pretty good without their 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 key stars. Um so we're not going to get too much into that series. However, the Eastern Conference Finals. Go Bucks! Are the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Atlanta Hawks and not the Philadelphia 76ers? Because guess what, guys? After we recorded, right after we recorded episode 25, and I sat here and I, and I said, Actually, not just me, but Evan and Sanford said Philly is in good hands. I called it though. They were up 26, and Mark called it. Evan, Mark I jinxed it. it. I oh. think we all jinxed it. Philly blew another 20 plus point lead, losing. What, what, what was that? Game five. Game five, um, yeah. They won game the, six, and then they ultimately lost game seven which the Hawks pulled the upset Crazy of game. the playoffs and beat the number one seed in the Eastern Conference honestly, to move on to talk about to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since what like 2016? Yeah 2015 yeah 2015 um so I'ma just started off like this you've had a few days to process this to get your feelings in order mark how are you feeling uh, at this point it's like it is what it is you know typical philly year honestly it's to the point where it's like okay we've seen how like philly sports have been operating where we have all the skill sets and everything that we need to win where playoffs, we have home court advantage, every playoff series. So we finally get to the second round. 
So we blow game one, and now we go into game two. We win that game. So we go into Atlanta. We go up 26 points. Yeah, I believe, yeah. No, we go up like 20 points that game. Pretty much almost every game we had like a, a significant lead where we could should have like, well, we should easily, we easily could have been up like 3-0. But then if you look at the stat line and like go back at it, it's like with the Hawks, the games they won or the games they lost, it's kind of weird. They could have easily been up 3-0 So the whole series and like the stat line is kind of weird in itself. So therefore, it's like we get to like the next game we go up like 26 points. No, we go up like, I believe, no, that was game five. Yeah, let's skip game four. We, let's go to game five, where the game that we should have won and like we should have been up 3 1. We're up 26 points. And right when we're recording on the podcast, we blow it. What happened? I don't know. But, well, I actually, I do know what happened though, but we're going to get into that like in a few. But yeah, I, I just, I just don't get it. It just seems like a weird pattern with like Philly sports. I'm going to get to Ben Simmons like in a minute though. But I don't, I don't, I don't get it with like Philly sports. Like, and I don't know if it's like coaching, but but with Ben Simmons in particular, like if you look at his stat line, the reason why people were like are getting on him and are like getting on his case and are like slandering him because game five, six, and seven, he um only scored a combined nineteen points. Mind you, yeah, granted he wasn't the only one that was messing up on his team, but when you're labeled a superstar, you have Joel and B. And your bench, like, outplaying you, like, and scoring more points than you and, like, doing, like, more efficient than you, that says a lot, you know, like, you know, how you are as a starter. Like, you can't pay, like, non-figured, you know, to go out there and, you know, facilitate on the court. And we've seen Ben Simmons go off, and we've seen his game, and we've seen him do good before. And this is, like, the biggest moment where, like, you need to, like, win these games and you had a chance. And... You weren't stepping up, helping out like your other star, Joel B, who could have been MVP this season. Granted, he didn't get it because he was injured, but he's still putting up good numbers, doing all he can, playing out there on like a banged up meniscus. And you're just sitting there just like passing up shots, passing up dunks and everything. And we're like when it matters the most. And it's right. He even called it himself. And like Jerome B said himself, it's like when he like passed up on that wide open dunk. And like pass it like uh, Maurice um Maurice Tybal, like that just like like messed up the whole momentum of the game, and it really did. And honestly, game five and six for like the games where we had like uh, twenty point leads and everything, especially game five when Ben Simmons needed to show up, he just simply just like just passing up on shots, just was like was scoring literally towards zero points in the uh, fourth quarter, um in games of uh, five, six, and seven. So that shows that. If he's getting like paid all the superstar money and like he's not like stepping up and like mentally he's not getting it right and he's even admitting it himself, he's like, yeah, he screwed up and he doesn't want to like put in the effort to actually like, you know, use his skill set to like contribute to the team. We just need to trade him, honestly. And I, it's to the point where like this MB and some of his experiment is just not working. It, we're just like wasting money at this point. So we got to find some form. But honestly, now his trade value is down. So it's a mess in Philly. That's all I got to say. And I'll keep it professional, you know, on that level. Because I was laughing at some of the comments and everything. Don't get me wrong, the troll comments and saying, you know, you know, Ben Slim is with the shooting sleeve. Don't get me wrong. Some of it's been funny. You know, you got to embrace it, you know, to stay sane. But, yeah, honestly, well, some of the fans been acting too. We kind of, like, deserve to, you know, lose this year. You know, we got to get ourselves together because some of our fan base, like, with these death threats, that was ridiculous. So, I don't agree with that. But yeah, some people may oppose to, you know, with like trading Ben Simmons is like 50-50 is all it is with the Philly fan base. 
but that's like my uh you know logical take on it some may oppose but i'm uh, want to hear y'all takes on it now this is how i feel about ben simmons oh shoot we lost seven yeah he'll he'll He'll, be, he'll, uh, be back. You know, you, he'll come back. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know his uh his connection goes out at least once every podcast. But here's how right. I feel about mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. We we have all said that Ben Simmons is literally a jump shot away from being the best player in the world. You said that he's getting paid mm-hmm. nine figures to be a to um, be a facilitator. Well. In terms of facilitating, you know, at, at, at least in game seven, he did fairly well. The only game where he had less, you know, less than, you know, five or less assists was game six. Um, yeah. Each and every each and every game, you, you, you know, he's had seven plus assists. Um, he's a great, he's a great facilitator. He can rebound because he because he had because he has that length. Mm-hmm. He's strong. He's, shooting, a, he's a he's a great defender. The the on, hold on. The only knock against him is that he can't shoot. And I and but thing is, he I shows that he can and, though, but he doesn't want like he shows like no 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on let me finish let me finish. The reason why he strictly just doesn't shoot is because he it's mental with 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 him yeah I know you've seen that video of of him you know in the offseason just you know bringing a ball up and just pulling it and just pulling up from and pulling up from a from a three and mid-range and all that yeah. good stuff yeah but the, but with the thing yeah. but the but the thing is playing on the park is different than pl- playing on the playing on the park, you know, around maybe just a few people, not that many cameras, the lights not on you, there are no expectations, just that and the fourth, you just out there hooping. It's different than when you are in front of the bright lights, you have thousands of millions of people watching you, all the cameras is on you, the lights are on you, you are on the biggest stage. And you're known to not be a great shooter. And then on top of that, you have all these people ragging on you about how you can't shoot. So think about how you're trying to get better and get better and get better. I don't want to sit here and say that Ben Simmons does not work on his game because I know that he does. My thing with Ben Simmons is he, he just has to block out that noise and we all know that with him playing in Philly, how crazy that fan base is. It's a big market. He's a big name. He's an all-star. So I don't want people sitting here acting like Ben Simmons is trash because that's how people act. They act like Ben Simmons is complete garbage. And that's not the truth. And people need to stop that and check themselves before they even think about saying that again. Because Philly would not be here if not for Ben Simmons. Philly would not be here if not for Tobias Harris. And Philly damn sure would not have been there if it wasn't for Joel Embiid. But going back to Ben Simmons, it's all mental. Because imagine trying to get better at something, trying to get better in general, trying to grow, 
and people constantly, constant reminders. And it seems like everything that's being thrown at you is just hate and negativity, hate and negativity, hate and negativity. This man made one three to, and the whole world went wild, but then he missed the other one. And now he's getting chastised again because we, and we, we want him to shoot. We try to encourage him to shoot. But when he does shoot and he misses badly, we say, don't ever shoot again. Or some people say, don't ever shoot again. Instead of saying, it's all right, you missed this one, keep shooting. Because eventually, instead of missing five in a row, you're going to make five in a row. But instead, we tell him not to ever shoot again. And then when he doesn't shoot again, and when all his shots are layups and dunks, we get upset at him and be like, well, you need to step out and shoot from 10, 15 feet. And then with free, and then with, and then with free throws, that's also just mental and repetition. Everyone's doing the hack of, doing the um, hack of bin now. And it's one of those things where it's exposing his biggest insecurity, which is his shooting. And for basically his whole career, he has been able to hide that insecurity because he's had shooting around him. But now, as you saw in this Hawks series, they've kind of kind of locked down all of the Sixers other shooters or at least tried to. You know, and that's where they kind of missed Danny Green. But any but anyways, they they kind of locked down and paid extra attention to the Hawks extra shooters and said, no, nah, Ben you shoot. And then they did the hack bin, which means, no, you go to the line, you shoot. Thank you, Scott Brooks. But... Well, one but, thing we can thank Scott Brooks for. Right. And just to top all, just to top all of this off, Ben Simmons this whole offseason just needs to do nothing but shooting, and he needs to go to a sports psychologist. Because for real, for real, all of this is just mental. There's nothing wrong with Ben Simmons' game. As a basketball player, Ben Simmons is good. He he has shown that he can that he can make that outside shot. It's just he doesn't think that he can. And he's not getting that encouragement from other people. Or maybe he is, but it seems like the vast majority of people are not giving him that encouragement. So mentally, He's just like, why even bother? Because again, if he shoots, y'all going to be like, don't ever shoot again. And then when he doesn't shoot, you're going to be like, well, why aren't you shooting? He, you know, so I think like Mark said, this Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid experiment has reached its course. I think Ben Simmons needs to go somewhere kind of like with Lonzo Ball with 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 uh, the Lakers, where it will be good for Ben Simmons if he is to go somewhere to where he can just play basketball and develop his game. Where he can work with somebody, the lights won't be all the way on him. And he can just focus on himself and getting himself right mentally and physically. 
That's yeah, all I can say. I, honestly, yeah, and honestly, Personally, yeah, like I, you were saying, I feel like oh, yeah, I'm oh, with you, you go. but yeah. it's like for the love of God, do not send him to DC. DC would not be the best place for him because, granted, we do need the Wizards do need defense. Yes, Ben Simmons would help with that, but also it would come at the cost of his production, this production on offense, which is not great. And some of it is, and a lot of it is because he's in his head. Yes. But you got to realize when you're on the same team with Russell Westbrook, like with, uh, with a soon to be first ballot hall of famer and Russell Westbrook, you're on the same team with a guy in Bradley Beal who just, who was just second in the league in scoring, the lights will not be that much dimmer than they were in Philly. So like, Attention will still be put on Ben Simmons, so I feel like we're not the. I feel like we're not the best position for, for him physically or mentally. Back to what Darian was saying, though, when people were getting on Ben Simmons, um, like this whole time and like saying he needs to develop mentally. This whole time, really, I've been like encouraging uh Ben Simmons. So I've been like, you no, know, on his side, it's like, don't get me wrong. These past few days, yeah, I've been upset. That's just been coming from pure emotion. Yeah, I've been like kind of like hard on him. I've been kind of agreeing with like, yeah, trading him. It needs to happen. You know, the experiment is over with. But because I'm just like upset because the fact that we know what Ben Simmons is capable of. Like, I don't think he's a bad player at all. We know his skill set. People saying that he's bad. Like, you know, yeah, they don't like they're a casual fan. But like I said, we've seen Ben Simmons like go off before and we know what he's capable of. But it's just frustrating seeing him that he's not doing it when like, you know, it matters most. And, you know, showing that, you know, he's like using his full potential and everything, showing how great he can be and. It's just kind of like a disappointment for real. And honestly, it, it definitely is something going on like mentally with him on the court. And I really hope he, it does get better. And like whatever the future holds for him, like whether he's in Philly or not next season, like it works out for the better. But yeah, man, like we really blew it. The six as a team, like we're really this close as you saw each game, but we just like let it go. Like literally just let it slip away. Like in every like second half of the quarter. Cause like we show we were clearly like the more stacked up you know, like the more experienced teams than the Hawks. And we let like their young players and not even Trey Young even like was uh, led some of the points in some of those games. But he went off and, you know, the UMD, uh, you know, Kevin Herter, shoot, he went off game seven. And yeah, we just let it slip away. And Ben Simmons going to contribute it too. And missed those free throws as well. And we lost by a few points, each of those losses. And yep, that was like the few, little difference, the little things that mattered each of those games and it just like sucks honestly it's like another season slipped away where we could have like made the conference finals but yeah hopefully next season like is looking like just as good but this was really our year as a number one seed and yeah we just played under expectations the philly fans on twitter talking me. about some oh yeah i can't wait i can't wait to watch the eagles that's how you know Philly sports <laughs> is in shambles. Well, we just ain't out of emotion, bro. Oh, we're going to talk more about that <laughs> bro, in a minute, I, I really can't. I really can't wait to see Devontae Smith, bro. This is how Devontae we know Smith is going to be fun watching him, though, bro. This is how we know Philly sports is in shambles. But guess what? This is a great segue. Working on our segues. This is a great segue to last night. Phillies versus Nationals. Max Scherzer back, uh, on, back on the mound. And the MOB has been pulling with bullshit that, uh, with this whole spider attack stuff, stuff, you know? Which is – hold on. I got it. Which is they talking about this whole spider tax stuff and uh, um, spin rate on the balls, which which means they want to create less break on on the balls when people throwing their curved balls and sliders. They don't have as much sharp of a break as it does to really fool hitters. 
Um, and pitchers use spider tack to get a better grip so that they can increase that spin rate and the MLB is trying to get rid of that. And it really started a couple months ago when Cardinals manager Mike Schilt went on this little rant about how the MLB pick and chooses when they want to police it. And they were going after one of uh, his pitchers. I can't remember his his name at the uh, time. I think they uh, ejected him because they thought he was using it, and and all and all and all of that good stuff. Um, Pete Alonso is a notable one that I remember had uh, came out and had talked about how the MLB juices the baseballs um, every year to increase strikeouts or to increase home runs. This past year, they juiced them up to increase uh, strikeouts and all this other stuff, which led to an increase in no hitters over, you know, in the first couple months where we had more no hitters in the first two months of this season than we have had in the last, I want to say, two, three years. Um, Mind you, we haven't had a single no hitter since, I want to say, the beginning of May. I Um, think John Means was the last one. Yeah, no, no, it, it wasn't. I think it was uh, Wade Miley. So the MLB has been starting to crack down and said that they're going to have, uh, they're going to be doing checks on pitchers to make sure that they don't have any foreign substances, you know, hidden in their hats, uh, underneath their belts, behind their necks. Uh, it's just some notable, you know, notable areas. Um, they started with Jacob DeGrom, who is the best pitcher in the world. Um, they started with Jacob DeGrom. I had, to sure, I had to make sure he's human. Yeah, 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 and he's still not human. Um, so he's not human, but he's not cheating either. Exactly, but um, you kind of see how you know as they're starting to do this, they're they're kind of targeting the top pitchers. How they just got DeGrom, and last night, oh my. And- God. This is abs, and this is the absolute bullshit of the whole thing. Like you just said, targeting the top pitchers, and what's worse is these are some of the biggest names in the game that they're going. They check Jacob Degrom. This is a man in Max Scherzer who is basically the face of pitch, basically the face of pitching from a certain angle. He's one of he is he has been one of the faces the baseball for the last decade and he's the one that a lot of pitchers want a lot of players want like in trade talk so everybody knows who max scherzer is why in the fuck is he getting treated like why in the fuck is he getting treated like this because basically it got to a point last night where it felt like the the man was just not allowed to pitch because remember this man only pitched five innings last night and got checked three times. It's like he wasn't even allowed to pitch. And this right. is where I have and this is where I have a problem. Yeah, third time the, was excessive. This, well, this is where I have yeah, third time was excessive. And this is exactly where I have a problem with this. Because I I understand that the whole premise is trying to get trying to get people, in this case pitchers, to stop cheating. And it's a noble process. It's a noble process. It's a noble point. But last night, Tuesday night was just one example of how it can and will just get egregious. Because I feel like if you check a pitcher one time and he doesn't and he doesn't have anything, he comes up clean, he's not 
you shake him in the first inning, he's not going to have anything in the second inning. So just let the pitchers pitch. Just, just let them pitch. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I feel like since this is going to happen every game, this is going to happen every game. So somebody's going to get caught, but that's not the real question. The real question here is, will enough pitchers get caught to justify slowing down the game like this? And no. honestly, I feel, I feel like the answer is going to be no, because one thing that a lot of people forget about that game last night, the final score was three to two. Between the two teams, and that's in the Phillies, there was only one run scored after the third inning. Reese Hoskins went deep in the eighth. But you know how long that game took? Three hours and 52 minutes for a low-scoring game. It should not take damn near four hours to play a game where nobody's scoring and neither offense is really doing anything and both the pitchers are dealing it should not take four hours to play that game. It shouldn't. Well, there's one thing I wanna I wanna add. Um, I was listening to Jeff Paston, uh, MLB uh, senior MLB writer for um, ESPN. I was listening. I was listening to um, him talk, and he was saying that he talked to a to him, a guy, and he was like, "There are at least." I think he said about like, it's not a direct quote, but I think he said maybe about 85% of pitchers use something. They use something. And, and he was like, they haven't found anyone yet. Granted, they just started, but they haven't found anyone yet. But he would like to say that it's either because people have been scared. But he's saying that it's because people have either been scared straight or that people have found other means to either hide it or they found other substances. Um, and then I, honestly, I feel like that that excuse can only go so far because when we go back to what happened to Max Scherzer last night and the frequent pauses to check him, if I'm being honest, that made the game unwatchable. Right, and some of that, and some of that has that's to do, and some of that has to do guys, with like uh, that's what makes these games. Some of that has to do with, with uh, Joe like, Girardi, because Girardi is the one that said, "Hey, check him again, check him, yeah, yeah, check him, check him again," which prompted yeah, baseball. Yeah, it was to come like doing today, too much out the while. Yeah. Which prompted baseball to come out today and said and say that. You have to give you have to give a legit reason to why you think he needs to be checked. Don't sit here and say that he needs to be that he needs to be checked for a foreign substance just because he's mowing the team down. And that's the only credit that I could give to MLB in in this concept, like in this scenario, because they caught it like they caught it after last night. They caught what Joe Girardi did and instantly realized that what's stopping the other 29 managers from doing this. That's the only, like, that's the only credit I can give them. But I'm not, like, but I'm not giving no credit to Rob Manfred Evil Ass for even making this scenario possible. But you want to know what's crazy about this whole thing? And someone on Twitter pointed this out. What? This, the punishment for a pitcher getting caught 
with Spider more than the fucking is worse with the Astros got the Astros got a slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, so basically, basically, what Rob Manfred's saying is cheating is absolutely unacceptable unless you win a World Series. But the thing, no, Pretty cheating, much. cheating is unacceptable unless you're playing baseball because this has been going on in baseball for years. How many hitters had a problem with it? Baseball kind of just slipped it, you know, kind of, you know, every now and then they would. I remember they checked Severino. Not you know I think it was a couple years ago and it was another pitcher just like last last season that they threw out because uh he was using something but baseball is kind of just baseball is kind of kind of uh, just like oh well we all know that ninety percent of the pitchers use it let's just hope we don't catch it but but the phrase got, but, everybody cheats is not the get out of jail card that, that MLB thinks it is and that's right. the problem and and and, and like and if, it was, if, and ev- it was, if everybody cheats then how about you then how about you put rules in place to stop that shit from happening exactly and and then and then you like then you don't, have don't guys normalize like, the shit punish it the fuck are you doing right and then you have guys like uh Mike Schilt when he went on his little rant he was sitting there saying that you have guys actually out here cheating. And he was defending his guy. And he was like, my guy is not out. My guy is not doing anything. My guy is clean. But you're over here giving him hell when he's shown that he's not dirty, that he plays the game the right way. And you have guys that's out here that's using substances to give them an extra edge. Those are the guys that, that you need to be targeting, and we all know who those guys are. So why doesn't baseball go after them? The thing, and then the and then the and then the other thing is what I was saying before is that this has been going on for years, especially with the pitchers. The only time when baseball really tries to crack down on it, air quotes, is when enough hitters come out saying, yo, this is a problem. This is a big change in spin rate. It's kind of affecting how we hit. Usually hitters can just adjust to it. And even then, baseball will brush them off. If everybody's still hitting 300, if everybody's still hitting 300, 290, even 270, it's only when the batting averages for players and teams get really low that baseball will even pretend to give a fuck. And that's exactly what happened in April and May. And pretty much like pitchers just need to get used to getting checked, honestly. Like that's what I was saying. It's to that point, but it's like, like honestly, when we see with the Phillies and the Nationals last night, it was like kind of assess what Joe Girardi did to me. Like I didn't agree with that as a Phillies fan, honestly. Yeah, but pitchers it is it is like a new normal. So you know if I'm being honest, Clayton yeah. Kershaw was on to something last night where he said managers should get punished for like if they Ask for a check and the pitcher comes up clean. I feel like yeah, like no probable cause. So, yeah. so, so, I, mm-hmm. I, so I feel like if you like you can ask for a check once. If the pitcher comes up clean, then that's it. You can't check him no more. Either that, that yeah, the and like or down the game. that and or if he comes up clean, you lose your challenge for like for the exactly. rest of the game. Because like, in a there, way that can be seen as like cheating themselves like, though, because like that can like slow down the like, game, just like the. It's gonna be like catching a breath. Yeah, that's just like slowing like, down the game. Needs, there needs to be yeah. punishment. Like there needs to be punishment because because yeah, that, like I, be I get you, I get you trying to win the game, but what Joe Girardi did 
was he made he's it use unwa- psychology. Like, he, he, made it petty, up, like, yeah. he made it straight up unwatchable and then he ended up with egg on his face several times over number one because after the third like in none of actually after the third check in in the fourth inning the phillies did not score a run in that inning he ended up with egg on, he ended yeah. up with egg on his face again because the score at the time of the third check was three to one nets the nets did not like we did not score a run for the rest of the game, not one. We like one run. It was like, like yeah. The, the, Nats, got, like, the Nats did not two. score a, re- a, a run for the rest of the game and still won. Yeah. So that, that, that's I'm a like, bad wow. look for Girardi, bad look for the ML, like bad look for ML. Yeah, honestly, he wanted something with that with like them. Um, like if they challenge with no probable cause, they need to get punished because that's in a way that's like slowing down the game. That can get annoying after a while. So. Yeah, they can just try to use that as like reverse psychology. That's what Joe Garrard was doing, trying to use reverse psychology, honestly. But it just failed. We still in the blues in Phillies. We need to get our like our you know our shit together. That's all it is. Huh. Granted, the game today did kind of make up for it though. Man. I like shit. The <laughs> game today did make up. For that it. was the game of the year. That's the game, game, bro. Yeah, yeah. For the, like, like, for, for so those that, like for those that weren't the first, for those that were weren't aware, um. The Phillies came out in the first, like, no, the second, third, and the fourth inning hitting bombs. Well, like, four, it was um, runs at one point. Literally it was – um, I'm trying to remember his name, but, like, the, the dude that looked like a surfer, the long hair. Like, he, uh, he hits the bomb to right field. It's 3 nothing Phillies. And then Bryce goes deep. It's 5 nothing. So then everybody thinks the game is over, right? And then that's when – the Nats come back with five runs in the fifth inning, capped off by Kyle Schwarber home run. And then it's, it's tied five to five. And then here come Andrew McCutcheon's grand slam. And at that point, I'm yep. I'm really mm-hmm. sick because it's like it was a pivotal part of the game, or at least we thought it was at that point. And I really like McCutcheon. He might be my favorite player on the Phillies. So I'm thinking, damn, out of all the players, to break my heart like this, it had to be Kutch. It had to be McCutcheon. Like, couldn't be nobody else. So, right when I think the game is over, we load the bases the next inning. Trey Turner, two-run single, makes it 9-7. to seven, And then Josh damn Bell. Grand slam to give us the lead. And, it, and then the Phillies came back. Like, Phillies came back and scored, was it, three and eight? It, it was three and eight. Wait, no, 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 no. It was one in the seventh, two in the eighth. Went up 12 to, like, 12 to 11. So then, so then, y'all, in the ninth inning, two pitches in, Josh Bell drops a single in the right field. Starling Castro, not Starling Castro. That, we're, not, we're not there yet. We'll get there. Josh Harrison comes up, first pitch, sneaks one under the first baseman, and now we got two on nobody out. Avila bunts them. Avila bunts both of them over, and then Starling Castro saves the day and sends both of them home. Nats win thirteen to twelve. Game of the year. I know that was a lot, but fuck it. This was that good of a game. Yeah, bro. Disappointed as a Phillies fan. Another one point loss. Another one run loss. But you know, uh, that's been Philly sports all year, bro. Uh, nah, definitely the game of the year though, for sure. High scoring. High scoring for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we and we had a 
some more greatness today. We're gonna switch sports over here. We're gonna we're gonna go overseas, right? Mark, you watched that France game and you saw the greatness that is Cristiano yeah, I Ronaldo. I, I seen it. You saw the greatness as a temporary as a temporary France fan. I will accept the draw. <laughs> as an England and as a temporary England fan, I would Bro, like to sit close. here and say that um, I'm happy that England does not have that will not see France until the final. But we do play Germany first game of the round in uh, the round of 16. Let's see how that goes. Germany lost to Hungary today. Um, so and they haven't really looked good all Euros. Um, so I take it. The both of you are going for France, and I'm going for England. I say I got France, honestly, because I'm just getting into soccer. That would be correct. Honestly, I got France. Yeah. All right, so y'all got Benzema, Mbappe, Pogba, Gries, Griezmann. Y'all got a stack squad. Um, the thing that made I'm not going to lie. The ones. The thing that made today's game pretty good is the fact that it was a rematch of the 20, what's this year, 2021, 2017 Euro final, um, where basically France was this juggernaut of a team. Um, They were supposed to win the Euros. Of course, they went on to win the World Cup, but they were supposed to win the Euros. Um. They had a stack squad, just like how they had a stack, how, how they have a stack squad this this year. But um Portugal just showed grit. Um, I think Cristiano Ronaldo had gotten hurt like halfway through the final. And basically they got a they got a goal in the uh in the uh, second half, and then they went to extra time and Adair scored at the very last minute to beat France 2-1. So that was something that was special about this this game today. Um of course me as an England fan, England has not really looked good, you know, this Euros. Um nor has really any team. I mean Germany just lost today. Um England has always have only scored what like two goals, and both have been from Raheem Sterling. Um, I hope they can get that under control. Seeing how they have Harry Kane and Jack Grealish, Kyle Saka, Raheem Sterling, and those type of guys, um, Marcus Rashford. So we'll see. Um, I haven't been watching much of the Euros. I'm very excited for the for the uh, knockout stages because I really want to see France versus England or Portugal versus somebody in the in the um final cuz if England doesn't win it I want to see Cristiano Ronaldo lift another major trophy because Portugal's never really been good enough to win the World Cup. France just won the World Cup in 2018. I mean, yeah, in 2018. So uh, I would like to see Portugal host the European trophy again. Um, 
So we get. I want to see Ronaldo. I want to see Ronaldo left that trophy, but at the same time, I let it do. Whatever, whatever. But um, going back to basketball, it is the Eastern. Con- I mean, it is the conference final. It's conference finals time. There we go. That's yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go Bucks. <laughs> um. So, what are your predictions for the Western Conference Finals? It's already two zero. Um, where do you see that going? I got the Suns in six, honestly. Yeah, I got the Suns in six. I can see the Clippers still in a couple games, but once CP3 gets back, yeah, it's going to be over. Like, when CP3 gets back fully healthy. Like, yeah, I say Suns in six because Clippers came back and down 2 nothing two different times, but the Suns got something the Mavericks and the Jazz don't have. Pissed off Chris Paul. Because... Game three back that in LA. That is fact. Like former employer, so you know there's nothing Chris Paul would love more than to send the Clippers home. Yeah, I got Suns. I got Suns in seven. Um, this Clippers team has grit. This Clippers team does not stop fighting, and it's not like they didn't lose these two games by twenty. All right, both of these games were close, and it took a hell of a play for the Clippers to lose yesterday. So I got so I got the Suns in seven. I think the Clippers will take the two in LA. Um I think each will take one more game at home. The home team, basically every home team is gonna win. It's gonna to have to come back to Phoenix. Phoenix is gonna win game game seven at at home. Phoenix will go to the uh to the um finals. And just like that, we switch over to the Eastern Conference. And what's your uh predictions on that? Bucks and five. That's all I got. Bucks and five. Giannis, mm-hmm. he's looking like his MVP form right now. So that's why I got uh and we're finally seeing Chris Middleton, you know, stay consistent, honestly. The Bucs are really looking like really the most solid Bucs team we've seen, like, in the past few years. Like, we're finally seeing how the Bucs are supposed to be playing. We're seeing the Bucs from the regular season, like, going into, like, the, um, you know, going into the playoffs. They um Going into the playoffs, they took advantage of, like, a banged-up Nets team. Like, granted, they didn't have James, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, but there's still no excuse on why the Nets uh, – you know, then it like come up and the Nets to me were to me like still had like the best chance. Kevin Durant didn't uh didn't really step up with like like he should have in those games, but I think the Bucks overall they just played better than the Nets. So I got the Bucks in five. And to me, the Hawks just don't have that's this young Hawks team don't have doesn't have that experience to beat this Milwaukee team who does have a, a little bit more experience in the playoffs. That's why I got the uh, you know, Bucks in six. And I can really don't see anybody on the um Hulk stopping Giannis, honestly, coming down to a uh, court. It's like a freight train coming down there. Yeah, but, uh, but the thing about bulldozing down the court like, like that is a player who's brave enough can step in front and take a charge, so he can easily get in foul trouble. Um, That's true, true. But I have the Bucks in six. I don't think – I think it's going to be a tough series. The Suns and the Bucks in the finals – um, I wouldn't say it's written in stone because the Clippers have come back from 0-2 and won a series before. Um, 
But I think when the Suns get Chris Paul back, which I think they're saying they're getting him back in game three, I yeah, think it'll make all good. the difference in the world. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. Uh Kimba Walker got traded for Al Horford. Kimba and Moses Brown came from the Boston Celtics. Where's Joined the Oklahoma City Thunder for Al Horford, who's going back to Boston. I feel like that's like part of some part of something bigger because why exactly will Boston want Al Horford back at this stage in his career? And I and what I'm assuming is the end of a comp- competitive window because I guarantee you the Celtics as the season because as the next season gets closer, the Celtics are gonna come back. Come out and say, "Oh, we're gonna, we're trying to be competitive. We're gonna try and make a deep run in the playoffs." Da, 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 da. So if they're gonna do, if they're gonna do all that, why would you explicitly trade for Al Horford like right now? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. It's just, just basically the Celtics. They're like their front office is a mess right now because you have a head coach that just wants to be the president. Got fired as a head coach. Now it's the president of like basketball, you know, of like the president of basketball operations, and now we. Found a head coach, which I think he did make a good hire. Don't get me wrong, but it's like getting Al Horford back at this stage of his career. It's like, are you trying to get better or are you trying to move backwards? Because Al Horford, he's shown like time that he's really not efficient at this point in his career. Like he's just kind of like on like the down surge, really. Granted, he did get bullied out of like Philly. The Philly fans were, of course, harsh on him, but let's be real. He just simply wasn't stepping up and our front office is being dumb enough to overpay him. Like, he's just getting paid this max money, and he's just not that max player anymore. So that trade was weird. And so you give away a point guard, Kemba Walker. Granted, it was time for Kemba Walker to go, but I feel as though the Celtics probably could have did a little bit better for him. But, yeah, Kemba Walker just wasn't efficient anymore, honestly. It was time for him to go on Boston because his year, his, his like, his numbers just went down and down. He's just, like, not that all-star point guard. He, like, he was, like, kind of hyped up to be when he came in a draft. But, uh, that's all I got to say. Well, uh, the, the Celtics needed a real center. And they yeah, got that in Al Horford. And Al Horford, like, he – Al Horford is the only person in the NBA that can give Joel Embiid problems. So, I think for the Celtics to get Al Horford – who can also stretch the floor, I actually think that's a better pickup than people are giving the Celtics credit for. Um, I also would, I mean, I don't think Kimba will stay in OKC. They may trade, they may trade him. Um, then, then again, I would like to see Kimba, you know, that Kimba and Shea Gilgis Alexander uh backcourt. So we'll see. Um I like it. I kind of like it for Boston. Um I don't hate it for OKC. I want to see what else they're gonna do with it, especially with them getting those draft, you know, where they're seated in the in uh, the draft. I want to see what they're gonna do with that. Because maybe they can use those some of those picks to bring in some more stars. So, again, we'll see. Um, and 
the Boston Celtics are in shambles. And to be honest, that's really all that matters because, I mean, we don't like Boston over um, over here. So I kind of like the fact that they're kind of in a bit of a pickle. Um, so also uh, today, the uh, USA basketball team finalized their men's rosters. Let me pull them up right quick. And also there's a, and also the women's basketball team uh, finalized their rosters too. Um, there's a bit of drama behind that. But while I'm looking up these basketball rosters, can we please, please, please show some love to Shakari Richardson, bro? That girl is bad. Track and field star. Seriously. Yeah, I seen a post go viral. On yeah, I seen her post go viral on Twitter. Yeah, I seen her. That's like, yeah, she's definitely going to represent good. But sure. I knew, like, I knew about her back when she was at LSU, and everyone was, and everyone was uh, saying that this is a name that we need to listen out for come uh, Olympics time. And oof, did she not disappoint? Did she not? Disappoint. All right. Oh, and there's one other like there's one other track star who I want to give a shout out to real quick. Oh no, exactly. Shout, out to, shout out to Quanera Hayes from Livingstone College of the CIAA. She's headed to Tokyo too. First place in the 400 meters at Olympic trials. Good to see some reputation. So representation from HBCUs and from CIAA and plus every member and plus North Carolina A&T their 4 by 100 I believe it was 4 by 100 team won the national championship and every member of that team is going to be Olympic so shout out to HBCUs love to, we love to see that and I think the US gymnastics team I think they're all uh, women of color is that correct Days that's less like lit for sure. Like honestly, like you know, I I, diversity I, 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 represented. I, I think I saw a photo and they were all women of color, but I can look that up right, right, right quick. But here are the men's U.S. The USA basketball men's basketball team. We have Kevin Durant, Kevin Love, Damian Lillard, Bam Adebayo, Bradley Beal, Draymond Green, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday. Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, and Jeremy Grant. Y'all like that? Honestly, it's pretty solid for like what it for what it is. Honestly, because a lot of people, like a lot of the top stars, aren't like you know participating. So it's pretty solid for what it is. It's better than what I thought. What I thought it would be by a wide. It's better than the last year. But it's also, better than like, like but the also, but team. also, like that. Yeah. But also, I'm struggling to figure out why Kevin Durant is participating because honestly, I don't really feel like he needs to do this to his body. Like he's already, like he's already a what one two time gold medal winner. And Achilles is messed up right now. Like, yeah, that, that's, not, that's where I'm going with this. 32 years, yep. 32 years old. With, There's nothing to prove. And he's going into an Olympic basketball tournament, like like you said, Mark. Nothing to prove. So it's like, 
if he goes off, like if he goes off in in this Olympic tournament, I'll be rooting for him because at the end of the day, I love to see cause. people from he's doing DM- it for a big cause, man. I love to see people from the DMVCC, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm not alone in this regard either. I'm worried that what he does in Tokyo might cost them when it comes to the regular season. And honestly, what I game. and basically what I want is for Kevin Durant to be as close to fully healthy as possible for the entire NBA season. Because yeah. I just mm-hmm. I just like seeing I just like seeing him play. I mean KD gets a lot of slander, like for and because he left to go sign with the Warriors, but he's just one of the best. He's just the most fun players to just watch. Watch him play, like give him the ball and watch him go to work. Like, I so I really hope what we get in Tokyo doesn't cost us that. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you because like Kevin Durant, like some of the slander he get, it's just kind of disappointing and. Like we like like you were saying, his health and everything. Kevin Durant, he can really like go against that slander and everything. But of course, like every season, he doesn't really play like a full season because he's just always like injured and stuff. Like um, and it's been happening for the past couple of seasons with him now. And in Tokyo, it's just like he's really this literally is the perfect summer, you know, and the perfect year for him just to rest. Like you know, yeah, because- this man is like chilling. He's making a hell of money. You know, he has a couple rings, bro. He can like literally just chill this summer. You know. Bro, like rest his body, rest mentally and everything. We yeah, know he needs exactly. it. Like him in the Olympics, like going all the way across seas, especially with this COVID stuff, like all like the circumstances over in Tokyo. Yeah, I think that's kind of like putting more stress on like him and his body. Like, I don't know. We don't, we're not him, but it's just to me, yeah, Granny was to go out to that third gold medal. That would be pretty good on like a milestone in his career. And Granny, I will be rooting for him because like if he gets a third gold medal under these circumstances, shout out to him, bro. That says a lot. He definitely deserves to be like in the yeah, top of like what the, one of all thing time. If he does hate. win a three gold medal, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. I'm not one thing hate. I'm I not going to hate nobody from the DMV. Yeah, if nobody from the shoot, if I don't have a reason to hate on you, especially from the DMV, I'm a root for you from the DMV. If you don't like do nothing crazy here, bro, you succeed yeah, from the DMV. But it's, like, it's KD, man. Like he's right here from PG County on top of that. So of course, he's KD. one of the best players in the world. And but I just hope it is. He doesn't do it. You know, it doesn't cost them, like you said. Like at what cost? is he doing this, you know, going to the Olympics? Like, it's, like, in a month, like, less than a month away, and, yeah, man, he needs to just rest up and, to me. This would literally be the perfect and, and year. LeBron was already saying himself, he's like, look, I'm playing with the Toon Squad this year. LeBron said, look, he's resting until, like, no, because, like Le- LeBron, is, LeBron LA, is a case. <laughs> he's funny, bro. Like, Le- LeBron yeah. is a case where um, if he played in Tokyo, it was going to fuck him up for the – for the coming NBA season, like there is, there was, there will be no way around that. KD, it's not exactly a hundred percent chance, but it's not exactly zero. And I don't, I don't like flipping that coin. And that, and that kind of ties into really the tragedy of the Brooklyn Nets because the Nets, we would say they were a super team, right? They had, like they had the big three of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and. Kevin Durant, but as of right now, they're not really viewed as another one of them super teams that was just unstoppable. Like that was just unstoppable. It's like you can't be always injured. We're, yeah, they never we're really, yeah, exactly. And that's my point. We were we were we're looking at this Nets big three, and we're wondering what it could have been like if we saw them play together more often. Because every because 
granted, James Harden didn't start the season with Brooklyn, but ever since James Harden got there, one at least one of the three from the of the big three has been hurt pretty much every single game. They've only all been healthy for a handful of games in the regular season and part of the playoffs. I don't even th- I don't even think it was the entire playoffs because Kyrie like because Kyrie missed some time. Kyrie got hurt against Boston. Yeah, there right? wasn't an entire playoffs. They never. I don't think the three yeah, ever they, played. Yeah, he did. They, we only we only got to see the big together three together in the, in the beginning of the Boston series, and that's the tragedy of, of this whole thing. Because like, honestly, yeah. I, I, I and they only played like seven see, games. I just wanted to see year. them all yeah. see them all play together. Same. It would have been fun, honestly. It really would have been fun, but yep, all got banged up, and yeah, it's just unfortunate for real. And with Kyrie Irving, like you know, some of his personal. Uh, days too and everything it's just a lot it was just a lot this year man hopefully next year with like things point being on being more more normal and like a longer offseason players can like get healthy and everything and just get back on track you know and focus like yeah this was unfortunate this year with the nets yeah with kd coming off that torn achilles i i was one to think that he would have taken uh this year off but knowing that it's kd i'm not surprised that he's deciding to play in the olympics Honestly, this is exactly why I'm glad James Harden backed out because because of the whole hamstring tear. Like, like give give it some time to rest. I was scared for James Harden for real because like James Harden is basically out there playing on one leg. Like for for Brooklyn's big three, like take what I want them all to do is take some time to rest, get healthy, and then once they're all back and once they're all healthy, just unleash hell. Um, talk. Well, we just finished talking about the men's like an hour in too. Yep. Um. I was about to get into the women, but um, I'm going to read out the men's team for you one more time. Uh, you get a take on this. On. Me and Evan already got up our rants, too. So that was in our first hour. You were here that episode was <laughs> released. Yeah. You already got our rants off. Yeah. 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 I'm, glad, I'm glad y'all got, I'm glad y'all got the negative energy out the way. So, <laughs> so, so, so before uh, I get into funny. Sport, how you how how you doing, man? How's training going? How's your new job and everything? Um, I'm doing good. And for everyone that's not hip to the job, I'm doing basically, I'm going to be working with people, setting up their phones, making sure their phones are working. Um, it's basically AT&T and Verizon's insurance company, and this is a new type of job that just came into this market because before they were just kind of delivering phones like at Amazon, UPS, but now. We're not only bringing the phones to the customer's doors, but we're coming in, helping you set up, see if you need any help with your phone and providing just a great service because you you never know. I might pop up at one of your houses and be like, hey, what's good, man? So the training has been great. Today was the last official day of training, like classroom training. So I start officially working tomorrow. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And then I'm on this schedule where I'm working Wednesday only one week. So next week is the final week where I will not be in at the beginning of the pod. But starting two weeks from now, your boy will be back. And we got some things planned, baby. It's litty. It's litty. Things planned. (laughs) We got some guests by the podcast. We got episode 30 and 31. It's only a few weeks. 30 for 30, man. It's only right, man. It's only a few weeks. We we ended season one with a bang. We started season two with a bang. So expect some good things coming on the three and one power podcast. All right, all right. Go ahead, Darian. So let me Go read out this USA basketball team for what well, a men's team. Kevin Durant, Kevin Love, Ooh. Damian Lillard, Ooh. 
Bam Adebayo, Bradley Bill, Draymond Green, Jason Tatum, Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Zach Levine, and Jeremy Grant. I like how balanced it is because um, <clears throat> I feel like the problem that USA Basketball has for us, I'm just going to say since but 2012, you know, 2016, the problem I have with the 2016 team, it was just too many players that were like of notoriety, if you understand, because we all know that international basketball is completely different from the NBA. The rules are different. The style is different. The way the game is different. The way the game is ref is different. Just the entire emphasis of the game is different. You need players to fit in certain roles. And I like how they have some of the best players in NBA, you know, like Kevin Ryan, they got a Dame, they got a Devin Booker, they got they got Bill, a representing DC baby. Let's get it, let's go. Um, you got some stars, but then you also have some secondary guys who are gonna fill in the role, like Kevin Love. Kevin Love's gonna be the stretch big. You're probably gonna put him at the back of five. They got Jeremy Grant. They got Zach Levine. They got they like they have players that's gonna fit the Chris Milton. They got players that's gonna fit into the role. So I'm really looking forward to seeing. First of all, who's the coach? Did they announce who's the coach of the team? Uh, Greg Pop? Greg Popovich. Oh, it's still Pop. It's still, okay. I thought they changed him. So Greg Popovich. Yeah, I feel like he's definitely going to build a nice, solid team that could really go all the way. But mind you, I'm not going to disrespect other countries because. Whew, World basketball is probably more loaded now than it ever has been. Like, Notable. The USA, like, was, the USA is the best team. But yeah, how that would be. My bad. The USA is the best team, but they're not like the best team by like 100,000 miles. Like there's countries like Australia that can be competitive. There's Spain is always a, a great team. They always get like players that just fit in perfectly. Um, Greece is going to be a hard-nosed team because Greece, they just put dogs on that damn team. I don't even know what it is. They, they, Greece just be dogs, right? It just be dudes trying to scrap. Um, who else I'm thinking? I'm thinking about other teams. Like, so it's not coming to mind right now, but I know the international game is probably at the best. Time. So USA, they got a chance to win, but they're going to get some fights, and I'm looking forward to seeing the, the games, man. It's going to be some good content for the summer. Yeah, notable um... – international players that we got to look out for is Luka for uh, oh, Serbia, yeah. uh, uh, Jokic for Serbia, uh, Serbia, Bogdan and Boyan Bog, Bog, Bogdanovic. Um, I would say Jamal Murray for Canada, but he's hurt. Um, I mean, they're still going to have SGA. They'll have SGA and they'll have I'm keeping an eye on Devin Booker and Bogdan Bogdanovich to see whether or not they drop out because they are kind of still in the playoffs. So this will be this will be like a quick turnaround for them. I mean, I think the only person that you know there will person that she said they were gonna join was CP3. That would have been fun if CP3 plays, but I kind of assumed that he wasn't because not just the age and everything, but just, we know CP3's track record. No matter what that man is always something with him health related, though. Like he just can't seem to like stay fully healthy. It's always something. So I think he's yeah, kind of just trying to play the game safe. Yeah. I was gonna say, and and he's just recovering from um, COVID and and COVID's right, right. really allegedly big over he's there supposed to play game three though. Yeah, he's playing game three. He's clear. He's clear. It's, he's clear for game three. Oh, but we all know that man about to go off. We know he's about to see the, he's about to see the clip. 
He's about to see the Clippers logo at half court. In the words of Michael Jordan, take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> I think Suns might – they're not going to sweep the Clippers. I see the Clippers winning the game. But I think this might be a five. Six, I got Suns at five. Game, yeah, I was saying Suns at five. Let's, when we get let's see how game – the game three is literally going to be the game that tells the title. If the Clippers come and win this, they win a game three and they defend home court, I'd see six games. But if they lose game three, bro, whoo, oh, man. Yikes. I got, <laughs> got Suns in seven and Bucks in six. I got Suns in six and Bucks in six because I'm not going to – I'm not going to disrespect Atlanta. I've not been disrespecting. No, actually, no, I, I said Suns and Six, six actually. Yeah, that's what I meant. Suns and Six. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. Hawks got great. Suns and Six. Yeah. They, they got, got the great. Like, Trey Young, Young went into New York and Philadelphia, two of the most hostile crowds. Like, when you think about fans that ride for their team hard, like, the Knicks fans ride for their team hard. It's actually crazy. And then Philly team, Philly, uh, the fan base of Philly right for the team too. He went into two of the most hostile environments in the NBA and basically took their took their hearts. Like he literally said, All right, I'm coming in. I'm about to be ice tray. I'm about to do some shit. I'm about to show y'all that I'm truly a top five point guard in the league. And he's shown it. So hey, I think definitely they could give the Bucks a little run for the money, like six games. I'm gonna give them that respect. But I think we all know Suns versus Bucks, that's that's the NBA five. That's that's the finals. Without yes. any type of big inju- injury to the Suns, you know, we don't have like Devin Booker going out. Devin Booker is about to go off game three too because he might he might see mass Devin Booker. But if we see mass Devin Booker and see, yeah, I was curious because like his nose Colbert, got pretty banged bro, up. Those yeah, two bro. are about to go off. Like I think game three, if the Suns win, they're going to blow the Clippers off. Like, it's basically two ways. I see game three going like this. The Clippers are going to win by the skin of their teeth, or the Suns are going to blow them out the damn floor like they did with freaking Denver in game three. And three. So that, that's that's the two ways I see it happen. Okay, okay. So moving on from the uh, – going back to USA basketball, moving on from the, from the men's team, we're going to go on the women's side, which is a bit of drama with the women's side. Um, really? we'll, we'll get to yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so naming. Oh, and since we talk, since we talking women's basketball, just real quick, shout out to the Mystics for going to Seattle and beating the defending champion Storm last night. Oh yeah, I saw yes, yeah, oh yeah, I saw that they beat him by like six, right? Yeah, and the whole kill is like it wasn't no type of like fluke run at the end win even even no, like they was winning for most of the game. Okay, okay, okay. Um, speaking of mystics, the first name on this USA basketball roster is Ario Atkins of the Washington Mystics. I, I love, I love Ario Atkins so shooter. much. Her she energy, she can shooter. shoot. She's a great shooter. defender. I love, I love her. Um, Sue Bird of Seattle, Tina oh, Charles of the Mystics. Nafisa Collier of the Minnesota Lynx, Skyward Diggins Smith of the Phoenix Mercury, Sylvia Files of the Minnesota Lynx, Chelsea Gray of the Las Vegas Aces. Oh, Brittany, oh okay. I know the drama you're talking about. Okay. Brittany, Brittany Griner of Phoenix Mercury, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jewel Lloyd of Seattle of the 
the of the Seattle Storm. I cannot get my words right today, man. <laughs> Brianna Stewart of the Seattle Storm, the GOAT, Diana Taurasi of the Phoenix Mercury, and my future wife, the lovely Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Asians. Um, man, I feel like the talent gap on the women's side between USA and everybody else is bigger than the, the one on the men's side. I would just say that it's always yeah. Better. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give y'all that because I'm not hip to the women's basketball international. All you all you all all you guys know is the only. There's definitely thing that is stacked as the men's. Yeah, definitely it's like a big gap. Talent. I'm not gonna say the only notable. Basically, it's a the, whole lot of goats on the women's side on our team. The, oh yeah, the, of course. I heard the names, bro. What the heck? There was one name that I didn't hear, and I'm surprised that she's not. And that's probably the drama you guys are talking. I'm gonna get there in a minute because there's a there's a few of them that should be on here, but they're but they're but they're not. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the only well, I don't I don't want to say the only notable, but this is just me not knowing enough. Um, Sabrina Yonescu. Some of you mm-hmm. got oh, that's a bad. She bad. Mm-hmm. She bad. Um, I've definitely seen her. But um, the drama behind this uh, USA team is the head coach of the USA women's basketball team is Gino R.E.M., who just so happens to be the coach of UConn women's basketball. (laughs) The problem that people have with this uh, roster is is a 12-woman roster. Mm-hmm. Five of these players went to UConn. <laughs> Two, or maybe even three of these players have played in multiple, have played in multiple Olympics. Mm-hmm. One of these players that have played in multiple Olympics that has also gone to UConn, she is just recovering from an injury, and I think she's still hurt, and that's Diana Taurasi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, and the problem that people are having is, why is Candace Parker not on the USA mm-hmm. women's team? Granted, mm-hmm. Candace was- Parker is going to be covering basketball during the Olympics, I, I don't know. Yeah, she still should have received an invite, though. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. She ain't like doing another profession right now. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't know if she didn't get an invite or not. I don't know if she declined to play. But She's doing good. Candace Parker's though, not playing. No, they would have reported that. And because you know how you know how a lot a lot of the NBA side and the side control, but a lot of the NBA side, you know, the high top tier players, that everyone, they declined it. So I'm just like, if they offered it to her, we would have heard her decline because she is covering it. It's understandable. But the fact that she didn't get an invite is crazy. Okay. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And Neka and Shanae Ogumake. Mm-hmm. I was just about to team. say the Nigerian Queens. And now and Nigerian Queens. And now maybe Shanae, but Ch- but Shanae is a dog. Now Neka, mm-hmm. Neka has been waiting her turn. To get into to, to get on for years, I think she, years, I think she yeah. missed the last three Olympic cycles because I think one because she was too because she was young and they were gonna let yeah some mm-hmm. of the more mm-hmm. notable women's players mm-hmm. play 
The second one, I, I just don't think – I think it was the same thing. I think she just didn't get picked. This the last one, one, they literally told her to wait her turn. They literally said, yeah. oh, yeah, you, you've done all the things required, but you still have to wait your turn because we're going to put these women over you. Like, the fact that Necker's right. not in it is absolutely ridiculous. And with this one, Neca has been hurt. However, Neca's injury, like, she's on course – to be healed in time for her to play in the Olympics. That's the yeah. thing that has mm-hmm. people pissed off about this selection. Is that yeah. crazy guys to know? Like, yeah, is uh, is is that it's it's, it, it's a lot of politics at play. It's a lot of politics. Yeah, is that they purposely did not pick NECA. And then also notice how something that I've noticed is. You have two players from, from, from the Mystics, one player from the Lynx, and everyone else plays for the Storm, Mercury, or Aces. So, I mean, maybe that's just how the league is set up. I don't know. That's just something that sticks out to me. But we go back to Gino, to, to the UConn connection, where I get it. UConn is a hotbed for women's basketball. But you mean but you mean to tell me that you can't find another player that's out here that's better than Sue Bird? Sue Bird is 40. Right. She's Sue, old head. Sue Bird <laughs> is Sue Bird is 40. Diana Taurasi is 38 and she's hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why as soon as you said those two names, I was surprised because I'm like both of them are way past their prime. And oh. like we just said, Taurasi is hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say Tarashi is too far past her prime because she's still up no, there. No, but, but what I mean, what I mean that is like there's so much like young talent in the WNBA that should be showcased, that should be put front and center, and the fact that they keep pushing them back for these two that basically they're only gonna get older, they're only going to decrease in skill. It's like, yeah, if if I was the you, if I was choosing a woman, I would have them around. I wouldn't have them playing particularly for the team. I would have them around as like coaches off the floor, as mentors off. Like it's just like I wouldn't have them on the team, but I would have them involved. You know, you feel me? Do you do you understand me on that? I don't know how to say that. Like they would be mentors because they've played in so many Olympics. They know how the game goes. They understand it to a high degree. They can coach some of the younger girls by listening. You gotta do. You can't think about this like it's a WNBA. This is the global international stage. Let's show you how to do it this way. That would, I feel like that would be much more beneficial to the team, even though we know they're gonna stop. But it's like that would just be in a better position to where they're not taking up two spots from other women that, let's be honest, they deserve it much more. And and, and just it's to... not even a knock against those two because those two are, are legends in the game. Like they're legends. Like, <laughs> it's not disrespect. It's just like you got to pass the torch or something. Right. And just to add on to what you just said, Candace Parker said that Neka Agumake, you're the only M- MVP to not make an Olympic team, which is bullshit. And I don't think she could have said it any better. Um, what else we got here? What else we got here? I'm sorry, I'm 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 a bit stammered today. Oh no! I oh yes, 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 yes. Um, 
Carl Nassib of the oh, Las Vegas oh, Raiders. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good one right there. As being the first active playing NFL player to come out as not the first, but the first active. Yeah. Now Michael Sam got was the first NFL player to come out as gay. But he did it before he got drafted, and he really didn't make it. Yeah, team. and it, yeah, and he didn't really make went, Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's other reasons his draft stock went down though. But yeah, he didn't. Yeah, never really like played. The yeah, I was, I was, I was, yeah, I was about to say he, he would, he, he really, did, he just wasn't that good. Yeah, honestly, uh-huh. yeah, it's not because of that. Yeah, but you know, he had Carl Nassib. He's like actually, you know, like in his like you know playing good right now for the Raiders. You know, yeah, honestly. Like, what I yeah, what I yeah, hope yeah. for Carl Nassib is I hope he has the best season of his damn career. I hope he makes it to the Pro Bowl. I hope he leads the Raiders to the playoffs. I have I hope everything good that could happen to Carl Nassib happens to him. Honestly, I want only thing I want to say about it. I want only- all of that for him. Like th- this man is a trail. Like this man is a trailblazer, and. A lot of people, I feel like, don't realize how tough it is to come out with an announcement like that of that nature. How mentally that is, high too, yeah. With a position, while you have a position as high as, like, an NFL player, especially, he missed- especially as an NFL player, because it goes even further. It goes even further than the, oh, I, I guess you really, like, you really like tackling people. It goes farther than jokes like that, because – we got to – because you got to understand, let this man draw a penalty and the slander is going to fly. Let this man – like, let this man miss one tackle. The slander is going to fly. Let him get – like, let the other team – like, when the other team beats the Raiders, like, on a last-second play – if he's involved in that play directly in any way, shape, or form, the slander is going to fly and it's going to be ugly. That's, I mean, I'm not saying he set himself up for that because he really didn't, but you got to understand that's coming. And, and I say that to exemplify the point that I'm making of how tough it was to come out with an announcement. But honestly, I'm praying for him. I'm praying for him and I want nothing but success. For, for Carl Nassib. Yeah, yeah, basically what you were saying. Yeah, I kind of I agree. I agree with you actually because only thing I have to say is that I'm just concerned on like, of course, we're just going to hear how the fans are going to react. Of course, people are going to have a problem, the fans mainly and stuff like that. But I just wonder how his teammates are going to like, you know, feel in the locker room, of course, because that's always a concern, of course, with this whole thing. Is like, oh, is everyone going to be comfortable in a locker room? Which that's his questions to ask, of course. But of course, on this playing field, yeah, we all know he does what he does on the football field. And yeah, he's good at it. And honestly, when he came out with that Instagram video, he didn't even want to really, like, make a big deal about it. He just came out normally, you know, just, like, everything, just coming out, speaking normally and everything, being himself because he doesn't want to make this, you know, like, a big deal and everything. That's the whole point of why he made the video. He just wants to make, uh, make you know, this a stance or where, like, players shouldn't have to come out and announce this, make this, like, a big old, you know, headline and stuff where just accept people for who they are going about your business and it shouldn't affect how you're in a locker room, you're not seen as that and you're not looking at each other like that. Yeah, like, you're just, you're a human being and you're, he's a beast on the football field. He's an NFL player and I don't look at him any differently, honestly, bro. Like, you know, and yeah. And the biggest, the biggest part of this, I guarantee you, 
Like there's it went about it. Like right really now. like just low key I about guarantee. it. Like real chilled about it. Like, like yeah, the biggest bro. part about the biggest part about this is I guarantee you, there's kids right now in high school and college that were struggling to find like if on football teams right now, high school and college, college age football kids that are like that to this point have been struggling to keep this same stuff inside of them. And now because of Carl Nassif, they might not feel like they have to they do that. They get bullied, bro. Kids get bullied in high school. Like, that's, shoot, it's that's crazy, the biggest, bro. That's the biggest like, part of all of this. Like, he, like, he makes them believe that that's really them out there. Like, they can really just do anything. Yeah, about the hate and slander, like the bigotry and stuff, it's just ridiculous, bro. Like, I don't get it. People just feel insecure. Honestly, bro, people would just, like, have such a problem with it. Like, we're just, like, slandering and stuff like that. Just feel insecure about their own sexuality, bro. Just straight, bro. Like, you really shouldn't be like slandering, like bullying people about it. It's kind of weird if you put your energy towards on like bringing down somebody because of the sexuality, bro. If you take time out of your day to do that, like, bro, like this woman out there, like, go get some, bro. <laughs> I don't get it. But yeah, and I'm happy he came out though, honestly. And he's trying to like make this to the point where we don't have to have conversations like this, you know, when our podcast and everything, where it shouldn't be a big deal. And he went about it like, you know, he went about it and everything. And he's just saying, yeah. And it's something that, you know, needs to go on about. He needs to come out. It shouldn't be a concern and everything. And the question shouldn't be asked. And, you know, it shouldn't be held in anymore. Because honestly, if you keep on holding something in, it's not good after a while. So, yeah. And it's a good thing he came out about it. And it was pretty strong on him to come out about it and everything. Like, at this point in his career. And with, you know, this kind of fan base the NFL has, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all I have to say on it. Yeah, and, and kind of like what you said, Evan, is he mentioned something about how representation matters and that he hopes that he can, you know, save some lives today. And as everyone has said um, on the talk shows and online and this, that, and the fourth, like, he saved a lot of lives. And the other thing about this is Carl Nassib is not the only one in the NFL. He's just the only one that has come out about it. Same thing with when Jason Collins did it a few, like a few years back. He's not the only gay person. Oh, yeah, in the NBA. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, in the NBA. He's just the only person that had came out while he was playing. A lot of guys have come out afterwards. Because it's a really big thing to, you know, to deal with, as what Evan said, you know, how people will use that against you. They'll use it to bring you down. They'll they'll bully you with it. And I hope we can get to a place to where we don't care as much about who people want to have certain relations with, to be honest. Because to me, it's none of our business. You know, I, you do what you do with who you want to do what you do it with. It's none of my business. But um, big ups to him, man. Like he, like you said, Evan, he's a trailblazer. Um, I don't think he truly understands the impact that he's going to have on athletes today and athletes moving forward um i think this is really really great um sticking with football 
What's going on with this Washington football team, Evan? What's going on with your Washington? What the fucks? What do you what mean? What happened? Evan? What happened? Oh, oh, the... you don't know about it, Evan? I'm surprised. Um, I'm basically, what's happening is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you all the news because when I tell you this week, but but what now? I understand. Two days, but on Monday, bro. When I said, I was looking up everything that was relevant. I was like, bro, you gotta have a loaded episode. But um, basically, what's happening? I'm just keeping layman's terms. The Washington football team literally might have to actually find a name because remember how oh, you talking about the about trademark all- joint? Yeah, the you trademark talking about joint. the trademark joint? All right, so oh, my understand, yeah. my understanding of my understanding of the whole thing is like the font was trade, like the font from the old name was trademarked. Like I, I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I saw that, and it's like I might need to have a lawyer or somebody explain this to me, be, be, because it's like the name associated with that font was not trademarked and could not be trademarked. The logo associated with that font was not trademarked and could not be trademarked. So That's what makes it confusing. That's what makes it so so, confusing. So how in the Central Avenue hell is the font trademarked? How does that work? I don't know how, how does that work? Type, I don't know what type of mental gymnastics no, full of hoops they if, you are, if you are a lawyer, if you are a lawyer and you're listening to this podcast, explain it to me, please, bro. Please. Explain and then they're it. Also t- they're also talking about how the name is like way too generic. They're going to have to find out. I'm like, bro, this is a problem that was there when they first announced way, they were going to name Way too generic. We, we literally team. have a hockey team called – wait, no, 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 no. Actually, no. Let's stick with football talking about way too generic. We literally have a football team called the Houston Texans. And you talking <laughs> about generic. <laughs> I was just wait, 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 wait. No, I have a better one. We have a baseball team called the Washington Nationals that play in the National League. Like, bro, we have a hockey team called the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Straight up, the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's the French oh, pronunciation, but... It's the French pronunciation, but the word still means Canadians. Man, that is hilarious. Like, bro, like, bro. Right. Like, bro. And, then we have a, and, and then we have another hockey team called the Vancouver Canucks. Do any of y'all know what a Canuck is? It has something no to do with Canada, Canada, honestly. Right? It's another yeah, word it's for Canada fucking thing. Canadian. Is it, oh, are you serious? Never would have known. Fucking Canadian, oh, it's, basically it's basically some enunciating type stuff where they're just repeating the same thing. I thought it was like an animal or something, yes, honestly. But all I, I thought it was an animal. But y'all want to come after the... After my team for quote being generic, bro, what the fuck? Man, they they pick and choose, man. So basically, yeah, it's like the problem is now that if this had popped up like earlier in the year, it wouldn't be such a big deal because they would have time, you know, to rebrand the French, the merchandise, come up with a name. But like, bro, like August is what only the whole reason the team is called Washington away. Football Team is because is because. There were no like there were no plans to rebrand until the team absolutely mm-hmm. had rebranding takes time though. Yeah, yeah, that's all it takes. It was really just spur of the moment. Like time, money, and game, and all that. It was really just kind of spur of the moment. People thought realize that's why that's why the name currently stands as Washington Football Team. Yeah, literally, they were from a business standpoint, marketing standpoint. Yeah, they were holding on so much to that Redskins name. That it was actually within. This should have actually been changed the name like 
almost been years. thinking of something. I'm coming up with ideas about like, years. Like past. literally, like, like they literally should have known when like people get them on woke so social media stuff or stuff happening in the country. Where they had to change. Them. Yeah, That's they should have known bro. this, bro. But yeah, this is no, 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 no. And what what I hope history doesn't change about about this story. The team mm-hmm. did not change the name because of public outcry. The team yeah, changed the name because it was literally costing them money. Yeah, yeah they were listen, forced to. Dan they Snyder were, had they no were, choice. They were about to be in a was marketing, lawsuit. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan Snyder said himself he did not that's, care. That's not like, even what I was talking about. That's not even what I was talking about. Like, it was a whole bunch of different, like, different, um, Clothing like clothing lines and and brands and whatnot, Nike and Under oh, yeah, Armour. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, they were like, yeah, they, okay, they, right. they started they started pulling they started pulling everything with the, the name and the logo like, on it, pulling the skins it, logo all, and stuff like that. It. Yeah, they started. Yeah, bro. They started they pulling everything with that name and that logo. They pulled it off really fast. Their website, they took it out of their stores. They just straight up said, "You cannot buy this stuff anymore. We're not gonna." We're so not like Target, sell it. like and retails, like Target, Walmart, stop selling it, bro. It's yup, government. That's and, the best. And, off even, the shows, and, even, and even though this might be a bad context to say this, we all know it's true. That is exactly why a Sean Taylor jersey will be in a Smithsonian Museum in the near future. If it, if we'll it's never not find already. it again, we'll never find one again. Yeah, because nope. you straight up can't buy it no won't more. Ever, you won't you ever get buy, no new ones made. You can't buy it no more. Nope, well, no new ones it's, made. It's bro. going into a museum. That's only if you see one is is in a black market. If you see one for sale, it's black market. Trust me, <laughs> like for sure. <laughs> or bootleg. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah, like okay, I, Evan, I, I get what you were saying. But yeah, I agree because it was literally everywhere, bro. Because brands were like, bro, we're not about to sell a product that has an offensive name in it. We're about to just blackball y'all motherfuckers, and that's essentially what they did. And they let it get to that point where they really could just say, okay. Because you already know how these big brands are. They probably hit up the team like, listen, you know, we understand y'all want to uphold or whatever tradition. Or no, they, they love the fuck out the of name. it. They, yeah, they love, they the, love the, fuck the fuck out of it. And that's why, but, and that's mm-hmm. why a lot of these a lot of these brands still still sell merchandise with a damn tomahawk on it. It's support of the Atlanta mm-hmm. baseball team. Yep. And as I that said, tomahawk that thing chain is so line, annoying, bro. It's, it's very annoying. <laughs> Alright, that's but how like, I, yeah, like, I know these big bands. They hit up the team like, listen, we're about to start pulling products and don't change. Usually, you know, when the big brands, you know, the big sponsors, they start putting pressure. That's when they're like, all right, you know what? We're gonna, um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna accept it. You know, we're gonna change it. But no, they didn't do that. They were like, all right, we're gonna stand back. And they were like, cool. So y'all about to just lose money. <laughs> y'all just about to lose money and have to be okay with it. So. Honestly, it's a whole bunch of factors that just make the situation so bad because they literally might have absolutely no choice but to change the name of the team again. They literally may not have a choice. They literally might have to actually find the right, name. The, 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 thing with the, the thing with the name is, the thing with the name is there, there actually is a plan to have a name, a permanent name in place either by yes. the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Yeah, yeah. But like, what because the whole thing about, about this rebrand is what a lot of people don't realize is re like even like rebrands take time. Even if there was already a plan in place for rebrand, which in this case there was not, they mm-hmm. take time. 
Like, and that's what makes them in a weird. That's what makes the situation even more weird because like they didn't take the time because Dan Schneider, like you said, knowing Dan Schneider, and like how there, he was, is, there was there was no plan to rebrand it. Yeah, there was no plan to rebrand it. Yeah, no plan to rebrand it until the brand that, started costing. And the now, money. yeah, the board of operations, yep, and all of this is taking yeah, action. And, it's and like, yup, yeah, you have no choice. It's like, yes, you kind of have to unless you about to be like bankrupt. You about to be dead broke. Yeah, you're just going to lose money because franchise going to go downhill because it's like, and that's what he gets. And look now. It's, and yeah, for yeah, like, home. and for evidence that I like, for evidence of this, we think uh, I'm thinking about the two expansion teams to the NHL, Vegas and Seattle. We remember how long it took each of them to come up with a new name, because mm-hmm. like in 2017, it was actually actually no, it wasn't even 2017. I think it was 2016 when it was announced Vegas was getting a hockey team. Notice how the name didn't like the name of the team didn't come up until the next year, and then a Seattle like a Seattle hockey team like it was announced Seattle was getting a hockey team and what during 2019, 2020? Yeah, I want to say I want to say twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. They, they didn't come up with the name until twenty twenty. Didn't start selling merchandise until the end of the year. Exactly. So like this this type of thing takes time. It's it's not. It wasn't just a case of. Like, oh, we can't have this name anymore. Let's just go with this name. No, it's not It's not that simple. It never was that simple for any team ever. So, yeah, we're going to get a new name. It's going to be here, like, late like late 2021, early 2022. Just kind of be patient. All I got to say. Yeah, patience is all is, I got to say. Yep. All I got to say is, uh, Mark, isn't it great to see the – the what that Washington franchise is shambles, bro. Uh, kind of, sort of. That's like one good thing that's happening in sports right now for for the NFC East. It just y'all really shambles. y'all, y'all uh, really out here saying we're in shambles. But who was the last team to win the division? We're not talking about that, bro. We're hey, not hey, talking hey, about hey. that. We're not hey, talking about since that, that. Since that hey, moment, no we're not hey, talking about that. We are not talking about it. We're talking about it. We're talking about it now. Because y'all have no excuse for not hey. winning that division when we had to use four different quarterbacks to win it. Actually, no, 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 the Philadelphia Eagles. We had to deal with Ben Anthony DiNucci. Do not talk to me about five extra quarterbacks. With, uh, with a bad we did and too. a terrible all-time bad defense. I don't want to hear that. And then they got trolled. Uh, then we just trolled him at the end of the season, bro. What are you talking about? He lost on purpose. Ben to make it- Anthony DiNucci. Oh, they have Andy Dalton, though. I, I, I about- see your Ben DiNucci, and I counter with Dwayne Haskins. I will say Haskins. Which ben DiNucci only uh, threw for like 37 yards, but I will say this. We almost won that game with Ben DiNucci. So I can't which is wild, bro. Which but, is kind um, of wild. <laughs> says a lot about the Eagles. But um, I do like the uh, idea of Washington being the Red Wolves. They should either be the Red Wolves or the Red Tails. I'm going for both of those names. Personally, I, I like the I, idea of Warthog. Oh, I get why. I get why. Never mind. I get why. Hogs like hogs on the hill. Plus, yeah, like, plus, yeah. I feel like it'd be pretty easy to to come up with a warthog like logo that's not a blatant rip off of Puma. Like that's that's kind of easy. The Warhawks, I kind of like that. It's different, you know, and it makes sense because at one point you were kind of calling yourselves the Hulk. Like it kind of sort of works, like in a branding kind of sort of. Yeah, that kind of sort of wouldn't be hard. Yeah, like the, that makes sense. The Warhawks, that I kind of like that. 
like it's different you know it's not like politics you know political names doesn't always have to be political is this we different. the only city that can, that can like we the city like, that can the, best get away with something it. something political honestly because think about it you have like the nationals you have i mean well the wizards are different you have the nationals the capitals you have the united like it's all kind of just like political names three washington i mean dc United is not the only mls they're not the only mls club with the word united in their name but still yeah they're, it's not, still, the, yeah, they're, it's they're not, not the yeah. only football club with it with it either manchester united right. oh yeah you're right but still though it's like too like yeah it's like you have the big other teams that are like political so the warhawks is something different something new like i like it and honestly what the, the hawks are kind of already been branded in washington of football teams like name like kind of sort of so it wouldn't be too hard to come up with like logos and like apparel for that too, so it's not really a bad idea. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm actually for the uh I when when I really think about it, I'm for the uh, Warhogs. That would actually be kind of cool, and it's different because I mean, what team is called the Warhogs? Not everything has to be red too, either. Like you know, uh, red. But, well, red. well, they 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 wanted they kind of wanted. We're to keeping play. the same color scheme. Yeah, oh, yeah, they yeah, say you can put that yeah, in. Kind of We're keeping the color scheme. Yeah. It's still burgundy. Yeah, be and gold. I don't think they're changing the white and gold. No, it's burgundy, though. It's burgundy. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, though, but yeah, it's burgundy. Just don't let the DC Mayor get their hands on it. That's all I'm going to say. Don't let the DC Mayor get their we want to talk yeah. about Muriel but, fucking about another day, dog. <laughs> That's a whole we, we already been going, we already been going close topic. to two hours, and we just now talking yeah. about Muriel Bowser. No, we, we got we got to save this for another week, dog. We got to save this for another week, dog. Yeah. All right, so since we're going up on two hours. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did we talk about the draft lottery yet? Oh, no. Oh, no, we didn't. No, we have to. Okay, let's end on that. Let's end on that. Yeah, it is perfect, actually. We almost forgot about that, yep. Congratulations to Detroit, even though there's rumors that Detroit could trade Dirk. Wow. Oh, that's 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 because the GM there ain't a single pick like there ain't a single Pistons fan alive who gives a fuck. My dad's a Pistons fan. He's pretty happy about it right now. What were you saying though? Like, I didn't hear about this. Because the GM, um, if you know anything about Detroit, but Detroit Pistons GM, he's very ambitious and very focused on making Detroit a actual legit good team. And if you've been watching Detroit, I, I watch a few Detroit games. They do have a young core that is strong. You know, they have, I love Isaiah Stewart. I love the way he plays. He's a big man that plays with grit honor. You know, Boris Sadiq Bay, you know, Boy Product, you already know, DMV Product, gang gang in the building. And then they also have this, this young talent that can do something. So I feel like they're going to take that first overall pick. If they keep it, of course, Kate's going to hand to Detroit. It's basically happened. But if they trade it and they try to get, you know, a legit star or at least a legit player that's near all-star level, I wouldn't blame them because Detroit's not going to sign anybody in free agency. Ain't nobody signing up to come to Detroit. So really the only way they're going to get the talent they need to move up and get out of the mediocrity they've been in since 2000. They're going to have to finagle a trade, just like how they ended up trading for Blake Griffin. That's the only way they're going to get, like, notable players from the team. Ain't nobody signing for Detroit. So if they trade it, you know, they get somebody, you know, I can't say, I don't know who that somebody will be, but it's the first overall pick in the draft that's looking pretty loaded. So I'm pretty sure, you know, that could command some good offers. That's all I'm saying. 
But it's great to see that the Warriors got two picks in the, in the damn lottery. That, that's, just, that's just very, very interesting. They got the seventh and the 14th pick. If they know anything that's good for, for them, they better not trade Wiseman. They might end up trading him. That's the dumb thing about it. Why would they trade him though? He has like he has a future. Seeing him playing, I was I remember I called it last year. I'm like I'm impressed with James Wiseman. I can see it right now. He's going to be a problem. They trade because him. the Warriors That's... want to go back to being a contender team. They don't want to have. They don't have the patience to tutor a young player. Steph Curry not gonna be there forever, man. Like I mean, nah, I mean, in, if, if that's he's not. I mean, if that's the if that's the case, like I can I can understand it, especially considering you have if you're the Warriors two lottery picks. Th- yeah. Thanks to the decline of the team, we we all kindly refer to as the Timber bitches. I was nervous though last night because like I thought I'm there was sorry, like a top I was like, please don't let it be the Timberwolves. When they say the number one pick, I'm like, please don't, don't let it be the Timberwolves, bro. Because I thought they he was gonna. I was like, bro, why should the Timberwolves somehow? Honestly, I wanted I wanted the Rockets to get that number. I wanted the Rockets to get that number. I thought it was gonna be Houston though. I feel like they deserved it after all the bullshit they went through this season. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Houston. To I'm get not it. mad. Yeah. At, I'm not mad at all at number two. I'm just happy it's not the number one. I'm, bro. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not mad at all at number two because as good as as good of a fit as Tate Cunningham would have been in Houston, Evan Mobley might even be might be even better if we think about it. Right, because they, like Evan Mobley the rumors, might though, they be might a little bit better. Yeah, and Evan Mobley, uh, Christian Wood, Funk, that sounds very interesting. Hold you. Yeah, Sounds like because crazy. Evan Mobley is a big that can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. He he's yeah. a big that can handle the ball. That makes him that much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. And he has mm-hmm. and he has a very high defensive ceiling too. That's another thing. Like he's not just a mainly offensive center that can't move in space. He's going to be very active on the defensive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston needs that defense. <laughs> they, 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 All, right. <laughs> All right, so Sanford, Sanford, you want to close this out, bro? Um, sure, man. Of course. Um, thank you all for listening and continuing to support the good, beautiful things we're doing here. We are on episode 26. 30 and 31 is around the corner. And like I said earlier, we are ending season one on a banger. And we're starting season two. For the bangers, bigger and better. Like I said, every step of the way, growing and learning new things. And as we learn new things, people are like, listen, man, we see y'all becoming masters of the craft. We heavily appreciate it. Like I said, thank for you sure, for, for sure. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing. Thank you for being with us as we take this journey to being like people. People are already calling us sports analysts, man. I love that. Yeah, that shit crazy, man. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was pretty good. Basically, like, you know, it's just just but as wrong as I was about the jazz. Wow, that's yeah. wild. This <laughs> is like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah wait, somebody already no said Logical takes out. Let, let, let me let me atone <laughs> for my mistake now and say and say this. When we get to the draft, this is a name that's gonna fall to the late first, possibly even second round, but watch out for Luca Garza. Oh yes. Yep. Oh yes, that man's a beast. He's de- He's a beast. He's gonna get. He's gonna get drafted. He's later. he's the next Jokic. He, he's yep. he's a baby Jokic. Yep. Yeah, yep. he is a dog. Um, and like Sanford said, just keep spreading the good word. Like us, be a friend, tell a friend. You don't like us, get the fuck out of here. We will see you guys <laughs> next week. Um, peace and chicken grease. Like.